Peace, and welcome to the Tailored Healing Collective Podcast. This is a space for, but never limited to, people of color. We're discussing sacred plant medicine, pregnancy, parenthood, and more. You know, there's such a stigma on who can open the floor for conversation on these topics that are viewed as taboo or even inappropriate. This fact alone has made so many become fearful of the very thing that could help us rebuild families, create our own businesses, and most importantly, trust our role in this world as future ancestors. So wherever you are, take a cleansing breath and do your best to listen with an open mind, heart, and spirit, and let love lead the way. I'm your host, Taylor. This is one of my first times doing a podcast this late, but I am here today on the Taylor Healing Collective podcast with another special guest. Tonight we have Ellen of her Instagram and business trip with Ellen. I will let her go ahead and introduce herself. But first, I would just like to say on this full moon we have tonight in Capricorn, she led me through an amazing and much needed meditation to remember to ground and reset after long and busy, no matter what you're trying to accomplish. So I will allow her to go ahead and introduce herself. Thank you. It's such an honor to be sitting here with you, Taylor. I just, I was looking forward to this for a really long time. Um, I'm Ellen, my name, full name, Ellen Wong. I am a breathwork facilitator, I'm a journey work guide. I work uh, quite closely with cannabis sativa and also the sacred mushroom alongside the breath. And um, yeah, I also have a business called We Are All Daughters that I share with my business partner, Sam, who is a really beautiful and gifted um, Reiki healer and energe- energetic therapist. And um, we, we've been on this healing journey together for a little while now, since 2018, when we both left our careers in advertising and digital, um, digital production, digital uh, creative work. Um, to kind of go on this healing journey, um, which we actually didn't realize we were going to go on. (laughs) We totally thought we were building this company for women, specifically like professional women around self-care and giving professional women like us who are burning out permission to take care of themselves. And I think the universe had different a different idea. <laughs> it was really the doorway for us to kind of enter into this self-healing journey, which ended up leading me to breath work and journey work. Wow. To be able to step away from the corporate world in general is a big deal, but to be able to follow that ambition and listen to intuition to go into that kind of work must have been pivotal for you in your life. Yeah, it was, you know, it's like looking back at it now, I wouldn't change a thing, but I literally can see how, it's almost like how blind I was back then, you know, like I just could not see the forest through the trees. And for me, I was on this, I think what what I was really being guided by, that intuition or that intuitive hit was really this passion and drive to put my blood, sweat, and tears and energy into something that was meaningful and purposeful and that would make a difference versus just make a bunch of people a lot of money, you know? And I think I had just reached a point in my life where a cushy job and like all the things that come with that wasn't enough anymore and it didn't feel fulfilling to me nor did it feel creatively satisfying and I think even on a physical level I was beginning to experience a lot of um, difficulties breathing as I was driving in and out of work every day and I had never experienced anything quite like that before where I was having trouble taking in air and I was breathing really shallow and noticing that I was constantly out of breath. And so it was like my body's way of telling me, you know, big flashing red light, this this is not the path that you're meant to be on. 
you need to find something different. Oh, I definitely have felt that before being in a line of work and the anxiety builds up and it's like your body knows you're not supposed to be there, but it's waiting for you to step in and tune in with yourself. So that's extremely liberating. So one of the first things I wanted to talk about with you this evening is how you decided to go into this specific line of work. I mean, you're doing all sorts of spiritual healing, but working specifically with cannabis and with the sacred mushroom, how did that start in your life? How did that come about? So I never really had a, I would say like a healthy relationship with cannabis. When I was in college in Austin, Texas, I mean, it was everywhere in the 90s. Um, I mean, it's everywhere still. But like, for me, I was surrounded by people and friends and a boyfriend at the time that smoked every day, you know, and I don't think I quite understood why I didn't connect with that medicine back then. But when I started this healing journey in 2018, it really led me first to grief work through breath work and some other modalities. And then in early 2019, I met a life coach who I started working with. And my main goal and intention in working with her was to really excavate whatever was keeping me from hearing my intuition. I really felt like there, there was something that was blocking and I couldn't hear that inner voice, that truth. And so through hypnotherapy, we started working together. And then she so happened to also be um, selling microdoses of the sacred mushroom. And so I had had maybe two or three experiences with mushrooms on a recreational level back in college. It definitely, I would not classify it as a super fun time. There were fun moments, but those are also, they were almost overshadowed by extreme paranoia and you know kind of like what you would classify as a quote-unquote bad trip which I don't necessarily believe exists anymore (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) but at the time yeah so you know I was thinking okay microdosing I didn't know exactly what that kind of relationship with the mushroom would look like but by this point I had been on this healing journey and been dabbling and exploring all these different types of modalities for about like, I would say 10 months. And so when I introduced microdosing into my field and into what else I was also doing, I quickly realized that this, this was like cutting out all the BS. This was cutting out all the noise, all the ways in which my brain or my mind wanted to hijack situations and tell me the smart thing to do, the quote unquote smart thing to do, um, or the, you know, intellectually safe thing to do. And instead, by bringing the sacred mushroom in through microdosing, I was starting to really hear my body speak. And at the, at the time I was involved in this um, gratitude app startup, and it was no longer feeling aligned to me. Um, I really, I felt aligned to the mission right when we first started, but somewhere along the way, I felt like I kind of deviated from the, um, the CEO and the chairperson. And so I was already starting to feel that kind of grind feeling that sort of like the things aren't quite meshing. And at two weeks or three weeks into the microdosing, what probably would have taken me months to kind of come to a realization like, okay, this job isn't quite right for me. I literally woke up the next day and was like, I need to quit. And I did it, you know, and I can only compare it to who I was before that, which was somebody that took a few years to leave her job. And so this took literally like, you know, two or three days of like kind of vacillating. And so that's when I realized like, whoa, the, the, the mushroom is really helping to develop this deeper sense of he like hearing myself like a deeper sense of sensitivity with my body's cues and the way in which my body wants to speak to me and as soon as I quit that that 
opportunity it was like relief you know my body it was almost like my body was like having a party like total relief it just flooded with like you know just it felt good you know and that's when I knew it was like a sign like a green light like okay this is this is you know this was the right decision for me even though I was leaving a well-paying job again and you know all those factors that make it so difficult sometimes to make these decisions and um so I attribute that to the, the sacred mushroom. And that year, 2019, I ended up macrodosing six different times, going on six different trips, all of which happened up here in Idlewild, which I now live. And um, it's a, this is a beautiful pine forest. And uh, it was always with my husband, just the two of us. And I remember that first macrodose journey in, in March of 2019. And again, this wasn't my first macrodose journey, but it was the first one I did consciously and with intention and having had about 10 months of like self-healing work, you know, so things had already been excavated. I cried through that entire journey and my heart felt like it was just cracked wide open. I remember looking outside and it was kind of rainy that day and there was these two tall trees that were speaking to me. I just felt such a connection to the natural world around me and I was scribbling in my journal like crazy and the next day I went back and I reread some of the things I wrote and one of them really stood out at me it just like it became this like cornerstone of my life but I had written it's really scary to know who you really are and I think that truth that came out during that trip it was almost like this aha moment that I had to like sit and read that back to myself and realize this is what has been blocking me my whole life this fear of really feeling and knowing what's deep inside me all the all the trauma the wounds everything you know and this is what I'm really passionate about it was almost like as I read those words I'm like this is what I'm here to do I'm here to hold people's hands through those really scary parts of deep diving into this abyss that is you, you know, this unknown thing that is you, this, this, you know, this life that you've numbed out for so long with all these distractions and things like that, you know, and this is like me talking to myself, like, I realize, okay, this is what, this is why I'm here in this body in this lifetime with this voice. And um, I suddenly realized I really need to get certified in breath work. I need to take people <laughs> into these journeys. And um, and I, I knew that guiding people and facilitating sacred mushroom journeys was in my future, but breath work was it breath work was the first modality that really cracked me open and showed me the grief that I had still been carrying. Um, around my father's death and he had passed when I was 15 so I in essence spent my entire adult life and um, later adolescence basically escaping that pain of facing that grief and facing his death and so that was kind of almost like the universe showing me the first you know first thing you have to do is all this grief work and then the sacred mushroom came through and then I was talking to my sister-in-law and she introduced me to a man um, a man's work. Um, this man's name is Daniel McQueen. He runs a facility called uh, Medicinal Mindfulness out in Boulder, Colorado. And my sister-in-law was interested in his um, uh, DMT program. There was like this fledgling DMT program that he was trying to fund or get government funding from. And then when I started to investigate and research what he was doing, I realized, oh, there's he does journeys with cannabis, sativa which is legal here in California, you know? And so that piqued my interest and I didn't realize that you could journey with cannabis sativa. Mm -hmm. And so I was just super fascinated and I ended up signing up for his psychedelic sitter school level one course. And in this course, it's a five day intensive course, but you, he takes you through the first day we did a short 10 minute meditation with cannabis sativa. And I dropped in in a way that I had never dropped in before. And I was just, my mind was blown. So much arose just even in those like that short 10, 20 minute meditation. And then the next day we did a longer one hour journey. 
And then the following day we did an even longer journey. And then the last day we did breath work and cannabis sativa journey together. And so each time I, I sat with cannabis sativa, she, she truly is this like motherly, maternal, gentle energy. And by this time, this was early, this was sometime in 2020. So I had already gotten my breathwork certification. I had had all these macrodose journeys with a sacred mushroom. And I, I felt the sacred mushroom, like that kinship and that relationship was like, you know, was continuing to, to deepen and develop. But going through this course and connecting with cannabis sativa as this, this other plant guide, this other medicine, I started to realize, wow, she guides in such a gentle way sometimes the mushrooms are not so gentle (laughs) they kind of push you through the door and you have no idea where you're going right um and they're called the little children they're very mischievous sometimes you know and but cannabis she's just like here let me just open this door for you and let's just like gently walk through together and the first day of that intensive i came face to face with the stigma that I had carried that was absolutely connected to my perfectionism. So the reason why I didn't connect with her even in college when everybody around me was smoking every day was because there was this people-pleasing perfectionist wound that I was still carrying that I was completely unaware of. And I connected cannabis with laziness you know, the whole like days, days and confused literally just came out that year. I think I got got to college and it was Austin, you know? And so that stoner idea or stoner sort of like, you know, um, uh, archetype was just so loud in my head that I never fully surrendered to cannabis. I never could, you know? And so in this context, in this, you know, very intentional ceremonial space, I started to really get to know her the the true her, you know, in a way that I was like, oh my gosh, you are so powerful. And I had no idea. And, and so powerful in that very gentle sort of way. Yeah. So much came through in each of those journeys. And I I was just like, my mind was completely blown. (laughs) So that's what made me want to work with her. And because I was already certified with breath work, I'm like, oh, now I can bring breath and cannabis together in these beautiful containers and, yeah, that's that's just been incredibly powerful. Isn't it so beautiful how even when I was listening to the first part of your story with working with the mushrooms, how quickly even through microdosing that that tapped in for you. I know in my own experiences, I noticed the subtle changes immediately, but it was not a stoned feeling. It was an uplifting feeling, almost like, oh, here I am, like as if, you know, I'm in this dark hole and not really there. And then it just kind of said, you are here. You just have to pick yourself up a little bit. And then story, uh, with cannabis, you know, the stigma is always going to exist. I think the whole Cheech and Chong, <laughs> it, it, it brings light humor to it, definitely. But it is so much more powerful than what's portrayed in the media, I believe. So to know that you could find that connection through all of that um, and listen so clearly. That's one thing that I think that people should be aware of if they're working with the medicine, whether they have or haven't, you learn how to listen. And sometimes you're like, okay, who's that talking? Or, you know, what's going on? But it's intuition and source that's speaking with you. So it's it's such a beautiful experience to hear and one that I hope that other people get to experience in the future Um, because they're not easy journeys but if you can at least connect with that voice it's almost like because it's feminine like having a mother there having someone guide you emotionally care for you it's allowing you to tap into that part that you deny yourself so very often so I love that so much Uh, one of my Next questions I had, I was so taken back by that story. I had to stop for a second and remember (laughs) what I wanted to say. Um, So let's talk about, we talked about your background and healing from the wound with your father. So after working initially with plant medicine, working um, with the mushrooms, 
how did you become inspired to carry on that work online through a website? How did that feel for you? So I feel like the mushrooms are always the ones who I feel like beckon you, you know, and it's, it's really interesting because I think I definitely had to work through a lot of my own fear of being out with, you know, my work with the mushrooms and, and just being present and, and public with it, you know, um, was that your question? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That I just feel like, and it, for me, honestly, you know, full transparency, it's still a work. I'm still working on it, you know, just because there's been so much backlash, you know, against it. But now I think with this, um, you know, they call it the psychedelic renaissance, but I feel like it's much more of like a, it's a return, you know, these medicines are so ancient and it's, you know, so, it's so interesting to me and it's so perfect to me that the mushroom is really what's helping us decolonize from this oppressive patriarchal world that we live in, you know, and it's really calling out all those oppressive systems by guiding each of us into this deep inquiry, this deep knowing of ourselves, you know, it's really guiding us back down to the earth, you know, back down to the land. And so for me, I feel like, If my job here, you know, if, if my, I, I hate to call it a purpose, it's not even so much a purpose, but if I'm being called to do ancestral healing for myself on behalf of my ancestors, you know, and as we each heal, we are also healing the lineages backwards and forwards, right? So if I'm being called to heal and do this ancestral intergenerational trauma healing, for myself, holding space for others to do this healing work as well. I have to, like, I have to honor the medicine. I have to do it in a big, bold way because they're the ones doing it. <laughs> they're, they're the ones guiding us, you know? It's, it's really not me. I call myself a steward of the medicine and I only became a steward because their voice got so loud that I couldn't ignore it anymore, you know, and it's not even right. It's like they call you and, and it's like they kind of initiate you into being a steward. And through each subsequent journey I've done, you know, sometimes even through microdosing, like sometimes little microdosing, like very, very small dosages will send me on a low dose trip. And so And each time that it happens, I'm like, okay, you guys have something to impart to me. I'm listening, you know, and they've really shown me what kind of facilitator they want me to be. It's not through coursework. It's not through certification training. Like they've literally opened the doors and shown me this is what we want you to do. We don't want you to sit outside of the circle. We want you to sit inside the circle you going through your emotional journey gives other people permission to go through their emotional journey. And so you need to be as vulnerable AF as you can so that other people can cry, scream, laugh, whatever it is that they need to do to release that energy and to face their trauma. So, and that was completely shown to me through an actual medicine journey. So long story short, I feel like I'm still getting comfortable being vocal about it but i also feel like it's now more than just a nudge it's like a responsibility i have to actually be a spokesperson for this medicine and to like be their agent you know like their representative (laughs) so yeah i love that so much because you know this podcast would not be here if and i sound like i have a tinfoil hat on if the mushrooms hadn't spoken to me (laughs) Um, It it was only during a medicine journey where I was called to start this. And it was mostly because I have experienced um, both psychedelics. um, We're talking like LSD since I was about 19 years old. 
And if you told me back then now that I would be speaking about it on a podcast, I'd be like, what? <laughs> I thought I was just having fun this summer. <laughs> but I created this space specifically because I saw a gap in what was going on. You know, I think there is a, it's a common belief or I'll say stigma that I hear from many other people who experience them. And these people are mainly um, Caucasian. They'll talk about releasing all of these cultural ideas and norms. And I agree that it brings you to a place where you're able to drop all of these labels and these ideas about who you're supposed to be. But then we re-enter the world of 3D reality where all these things are very real still going on. Um, and so I decided to create this space for anyone within the BIPOC community or that could identify outside of that and say, I too use this medicine. I understand where it comes from. And not that I want to make myself separate, but I want to make others feel whole again. So that brings me to the next piece that I wanted to speak with you about identifying as an Asian woman culturally, what is this like for you within your community, um, around your family? What does this look at as? I'm not sure. I would love to know and for the audience to know. Yeah, it's such a good question. I'm, I'm so glad that you asked me that. This is something that I feel like I'm also still processing too, like literally in real time every day as it continues to shift and morph and change. And, you know, when I first started I'm trying to think it was like I think it was 2020 early 2020 when Sam and I interviewed the ladies at Double Blind Shelby and Madison on our podcast and back then and this is not that long ago 2020 it was like thank god there's women just women voices in this space because they're all older white men that had been dominating prior and and still you know still do dominate but thank goodness there's women and now you know two and a half years later i'm literally like okay where are all the asians at you know like and specifically where are all the asian you know women and femmes at you know and i i'm just looking i'm looking for any representation and luckily i've actually found them you know which is so beautiful to see like I don't I felt like I was alone for a really long time and um you know there's B Chan who runs Sisters in Psychedelics from Vancouver and you know it's focused on specifically women in psychedelics um but there's a the I can't remember her name now uh it's just it like totally escaped me but Plant Spirit Summit she was like helming that and like running the entire conference and um it, it's just it's so amazing to see other faces that look like mine that are in this space and you know holding up these medicines in the way and, and like kind of spearheading not just being part of it but literally spearheading this movement too um and this return back to this medicine um but, you know, on a personal level, like I having my mom has a really difficult time understanding the difference between like, quote unquote, drugs. And so me trying to explain to her, you know, I, I remember having a conversation with her about cannabis specifically, which she, you know, she calls pot and, and many people do. But in her, you know, she's just she's she doesn't even drink she's like never tried any she's like as clean as you could possibly get and so to her the idea of pot is still you know labeled as a quote-unquote drug but i was trying to explain to her that you know when used in a conscious and intentional way when when being in relationship with this medicine trauma you can actually like heal a lot of trauma and a lot of like ancestral trauma intergenerational trauma which I don't know if she fully understands either but um it was the first time that I had a conversation openly with her about this where she just listened you know and it wasn't there was no walls up there was no it was just genuine curiosity and she's somebody that you know she's in her 70s and my brother and I are starting to 
notice that her her memory is starting to kind of slip a little bit and she has her really good days like most of her days are usually okay but every now and then she has these days where like she'll forget short-term stuff you know to the point where I'm like okay I'm, I'm getting a little bit worried and there's all these studies that are starting to be done through uh, about around like Alzheimer's and microdosing and things like that and so I feel lucky that this relationship I have with the sacred mushroom is already forged in a way where when the time comes and if it's appropriate for her I might be able to also bring this to her as like a potential you know medicine for her in in to be used through like for Alzheimer's or dementia or whatever it is that she's gonna be facing in the future um, so yeah I think I am just like so overjoyed to see more and more people that look like me Asian faces Asian women who are in this space they're still not nearly enough and you know I just feel like this medicine belongs in the BIPOC community it's from the BIPOC community you know and so as an Asian person, I don't know my ancestral connection to this medicine because I don't know if there is one. I think that there should be, you know, because it literally was everywhere, particularly the sacred mushroom. Mm -hmm. But I haven't seen any direct correlation or stories specifically around Asian cultures and this medicine. And I'm really wanting to, to like deep dive into some research to find out a little bit more about that. But yeah, I just feel like this medicine is, it belongs in the BIPOC community and it, it, there needs to be more voices from the BIPOC community representing being the agents of this medicine, you know? I'm sure there is, and I believe I saw online that you were forming, I don't know if you were forming a specific group um, for other Asian women. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? Yes, it's called Mother Root. And I, I think alongside the calling of the mushroom, it's so funny, it really just happened this year it, that the, the voice of the mushroom got so loud. But alongside that was also this sudden like push. And it was very much like an internal like gut in, instinct, intuition push that made me really want to specifically work with Asian women and femmes. And there was a moment like I'll have to back up here there was a moment so I moved up into this mountain with my husband at the start of last year and um, this community is beautiful it's like it's such a sweet small mountain community and it also happens to be very very white and for me luckily we were able to keep our place in Los Angeles and so we've been kind of going back and forth but this was essentially a, like a safe haven during the pandemic for us to be in and we were able to adopt two dogs rescue two dogs and you know kind of form a, our little family and it also was such a um it almost like became the glue for my husband and I and our relationship it just helped us deepen and grow closer and so I love this place so much but in a recent trip back to Los Angeles like literally only a month ago we went to the the california state historic park there and we went out we start we were walking our dogs and i just saw all these brown families not necessarily asian it was in chinatown it was not necessarily asian but like like latino families and just all these like beautiful people of color and i had a moment where i literally just broke down crying and it's not because I hadn't seen people of color, you know, for a long time. It's just because I think at that moment, it was like the universe or source saying like, these are the people that you're meant to serve. These are the people that you're meant to create and, and create these containers for, you know, and, and do this medicine work for and facilitate. These are your people. And so I think that experience compounded with just this inner urge and this connection to, um, you know, obviously being an Asian female, Asian woman, 
I really wanted to create a space where we specifically could come together, connect, and journey to heal our severed connections to our motherlands, you know, or the, the places of our mother that, that our mothers, you know, grew up in. And I think for so many of us who are children of immigrants or even may have been born in a different country and come over at a really young age, there is this sort of disconnection and a dissociation from the motherland and the, the mother culture. And I can only describe it as a feeling of like, it's almost like the body's been cut from the roots, you know, and the roots are somewhere else, but you don't have this real true sense of home or your sense of home is constantly being questioned. And for me, I just even remember growing up in Texas and being one of the few Asian kids in a very, very white neighborhood and getting like basically bullied because of that too. You know, it's just, it's, it was the eighties and there was just a lot and there still is a lot of racism in, in those, those parts of the world. Um, but I just remember wanting so badly to be white you know, and completely wanting to deny my Asian culture and being ashamed of bringing people home to, you know, play or whatever that were not Asian, feeling somehow that that was unsafe, you know. And so there was a sense of disconnection between me and this American culture. But then at the same time, when we went back to Taiwan to visit family, I would get teased for the way I spoke Chinese. And there was just this disconnection between me and, you know, it's like they looked like me, but they weren't like me at all. I was so different, you know? So where's my home? Where where do I belong? And so the intention with Mother Root, and I, that name really came to me as I was designing the flyer or the, the art for it. The intention behind it was really to create a circle, a container where we can journey through the breath and whatever other plant medicine is calling to us through microdosing to essentially connect back to our ancestral roots and really learn how to feel what those roots feel like within our bodies, connect to our ancestors. So many of us don't have any connection to our ancestors at all. I just started reconnecting to mine even you know in 2020 it has not been that long and so this work just continues to deepen for me over time but i think it's just so important for those of us who are so displaced and who straddle different cultures to do the work that will connect us back to our roots so in essence we can heal the land that our of our mothers and our grandmothers and that whole matriarchal lineage or or maternal lineage and the most amazing thing i think i've also discovered is that what the medicine reveals to us is that we don't necessarily have to choose we are supposed to experience both we're supposed to experience life with and life without um, whether that be the medicine our culture we're not meant to just identify with one thing, but it also teaches us to work in tandem, work with both at the same time. And it's allowed me to have a larger perspective um, and share in this podcast and bring so many different people on. Like, I don't care what your background is, honestly, but my heart especially will always go out to BIPOC, um, specifically just because, like you said, when you saw the family and the tears came in your eyes and you felt like that was who you were supposed to serve. I was speaking with someone else um, on a podcast episode that I had that she was saying, you have to serve the community that is yours first. And for me, that includes all BIPOC, not just one, because we have a very specific experience right now. And with this psychedelic renaissance, I'm, everybody's going to keep saying that. It's not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, white men are still very much at the forefront of it. And as this grows bigger and bigger, I really don't, 
I don't want to say I don't expect to see much change, but I'm even more driven to help create that change. So creating these spaces, whether it be, you know, Sisters in Psychedelics or it's this space or Mother Root, where, wherever we can find that sense of community within each other, that's what's going to help it grow and not for commercial reasons, but for healing. That's what's so important about all of it. You know, there's going to be the portion where, you know, people are just hopping on the next big trending wave because, you know, it, it's what's out. You know, the same way with yoga, meditation, even breath work. Now we know these are very sacred healing modalities, but they're also being commercialized and used as if it's something so easy you can do just as easy as drinking a cup of coffee. So. (laughs) (laughs) You're so right on that. And I think also, you know, with this medicine, I'm what I'm hoping to see. And maybe this is just like a you know, a pipe dream, but I, what I'm hoping to see when you know the medicine as you do, it's not like any other, you know, chemical compound pharmaceutical out there. It's a sentient, intelligent being that you are actually being in relationship with. And so they work differently for different people. There's, it's like, you can't, I think there's, I, at least in my perspective, like you can't use the same sort of like scientific litmus test that you do for every other quote unquote drug or pharmaceutical out there. It just doesn't work that way, you know? And so I'm hoping it's like funny because right now as I'm speaking, it's almost like I have this vision of the mushrooms just kind of giggling and like, just you wait, <laughs> you're going to see, <laughs> you know, like you can't tame us, you know what I mean? And so yeah (laughs) they're surrounding us everywhere literally without even trying every time i look around whether it's social media at the store everyone is talking mushrooms and i think it's great i think it's amazing that everyone is realizing their power i would just hope that for the future that it's used correctly so that we don't allow it to be portrayed in such a dark light because it already has a shadow aspect in itself And I don't want to see it brought into it being demonized once again, like so many other things around surrounding BIPOC cultures where we've had the sacred medicine to us and then, you know, colonization, all that. It's a whole other thing, but that's my hope for the future. Yeah, I agree. So we're here on this full moon. We were all feeling the very strong energy of it. And I love watching your videos, your messages, whenever we have either a new moon or a full moon, Um, they really bring things into perspective. You know, when so many other things are going on in life, it's easy to bypass your emotions and what you're feeling. So if you would like to um, share any messages you have relating to the discussion that we're having with this full moon in Capricorn and ways we can relate, maybe how working with plant medicine um, and psychedelics is working together with this full moon we're having? Yeah, it's a beautiful question. When I did the reading a few days ago, the message that was really coming through strong was this idea that we're not all supposed to be sitting on the same side of the fence. We're not all supposed to be agreeing. And we're not all supposed to be sharing the same opinions and the same, you know, perspectives of the world. There's a reason why there's differences. You know, we need those differences. And even with those differences, you can still have connection. You can still honor those differences in a very loving, compassionate sort of way. And to me, that's the big, huge message coming through this, this moon. And I feel like that's a big, huge message coming through the plant medicine as well. You know, I think oneness is talked about a lot and to the point where it's almost become meaningless in a sense. You know, we are all one, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is very much, you know, I believe it to be true. But what does it really mean? And I think the message that at least I was being given around this Capricorn supermoon is... um, you know, we're not all supposed to be singing the same song. We're supposed to be harmonizing. 
with one another mm-hmm. and we can all sing different notes it's fine you know in fact it's even more beautiful because it's this multi-layered chorus that we get to sing together but the problem arises when everybody's trying to get everybody else to sing their same song you know <laughs> and trying to like be the same and it's, that's just not the world that we're meant to live in where it's it's beautiful the way there's so many differences and there's so many perspectives and bodies and you know life experiences and backgrounds and all kinds of stuff it really allows us to share in the expansion and we need those contraction moments also before those expansions too so we're constantly like i always equate it or relate it to a jellyfish we're like a jellyfish swimming that's the way our lives go that's the way the universe works we're constantly contracting expanding contracting expanding but this oneness that is always talked about i think is really more about harmonizing harmonizing the cells within your body harmonizing us as the cells within our collective body you know so yeah that message feels really potent right now i love that mostly because you know we're all working together towards a common goal right now i think um bipoc especially are in such a unique position right now because we are now using the power of our voices once again when so long we felt like it would get us in trouble if we spoke too loudly. And the harmonizing part fits what's going on right now in the world and especially in this specific part in this realm that we're in. I'm speaking to the earth's medicines because we're all wanting the same goal. However, because of our different experiences, we have to be able to share those so that we can all come together in the end. But we can't deny, you know, and silence one group and then let the other speak a little too loudly. There's no harmony in that. So beautiful message. Thank you for that. That definitely gave me perspective and made me remember exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah, you absolutely are. And just you answering the call to create this platform for people, particularly BIPOC, to use their voices and share their stories and share their passions. And, you know, it's, it's like, it's not small work. It's so incredibly needed and so powerful. And so I just, I just want to thank you right now for (laughs) creating this and, and really answering the call. Like, I think answering the call sometimes is the hardest thing to do because oftentimes we have other things that are taking precedence or something or distracting us from really hearing that call, but you heard it and you said, okay, I'm going to do this, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it was speaking pretty loudly and I tried to ignore it. <laughs> like, are you talking to me? Are you sure? <laughs> but it came from this little one um, because it was during my pregnancy with her, but then also even afterwards, I've also been a very quiet person in the past where I didn't really feel like I had the space to, especially becoming a mother at the start of the pandemic first time. And then the second um, going through, I just did not feel as though my position in life was someone who should be talking about this, much less someone who should be sharing with other people and telling them to do the same and saying, come on, share your story so that we can see we're not alone in this uh, so it's it's been a powerful experience for sure. One that has required tremendous shadow work all the time. I think it's nothing but shadow work for me. I don't, I'm not sure where the um, mushroom trip is the, so fun. I think it was more fun when I was in college and I wasn't thinking <laughs> hard about it. Which it's supposed to be fun, I, I believe, because it teaches us to enjoy life and work with ourselves. But it's also, you know, a wake up call. So it, it's definitely appreciated. Well, I just love the fact that you are a mother and (laughs) I'm just, I'm like looking at you holding your baby Luna too. Like, I just love the fact that you're a mother and an advocate for these medicines because I think that stigma is so real, right? And as a mother, I think that so many mothers are silenced into believing that, you know, 
I I can't be about this because I'm a mom, you know, and everything that our society says a mom should be. And so you using your voice in this way, this, this just presents like a whole other perspective that is really needing to be heard. And I literally just sent my business partner, um, a whole article about mothers who are breastfeeding and microdosing and it, it like it's just this topic alone motherhood and plant medicine needs to be an even louder and bigger thing i think because it it would help so many people i think um it also extends beyond motherhood because i want people to relate even who aren't parents because mm. a lot of this work involves reparenting yourself yes so, you know, the, and allowing that feminine energy to tap in no matter what you identify with, uh, because everyone needs that feminine. We're going through this big shift right now where feminine energy has been repressed for so long and now we're allowing it to wake back up again. It was never gone, but it was a sleeping giant and now it's waking back up. So we're all kind of pushing each other. Like, hey, wake up, wake up. Come on. And I feel it growing constantly every day with every episode that I do watching um, content creators like you and other ones that I've had on the podcast. It's it's us all in this nudging circle, waking each other up, getting prepared. And it's very, very powerful. So um, I wanted to ask one more thing before we close out for this evening in all of your work that you've done so far not just with plant medicine and psychedelics. Um, and I say psychedelics just because I don't like to pinpoint it on one specific um, one specific tool, but through breath work, through the groups that you've been creating, through the work that you've done, what have you found that has been the biggest catalyst in continuing this work and advocating for it? The biggest catalyst, honestly, has just been my experiences, my personal experiences with the medicine themselves. And, you know, you could read a book about psychedelics and read a book about, you know, like, like I, we all did probably, you know, the Michael Pollan book, How to Change Your Mind, which is now a Netflix show. You can- I started it. I <laughs> <laughs> know, me too. Last night I watched the first episode, but, you know, you could read all these things and ingest all this information intellectually, but it's really the experience of it that there's really not enough words or the right words to really explain what that experience is. And I can only call it what it really is, which to me is an energetic transmission from the mushrooms or whatever the medicine is, whatever, you know, psychedelic and theogenic medicine that you are working with. It's an, it's an energetic transmission. You're receiving their energy. It's going to feel a certain way in your body. It's going to open you up in a way that is not going to open up another person, you know, like, because we're all made differently and we all have different experiences and different energetic blockages within our bodies, all the, all the stuff. We're all so different in that way. And so for me, continuing to say, I wonder what's behind this door, continuing to be curious, con continuing to want to like, not even understand, like I would, I, I'm now starting to deviate from this word understanding. It's not even about understanding how things things work or how the universe works or why I am the way I am. It's not about understanding. It's just about the experience of it, experiencing these emotions, experiencing the fact that you can hold joy and pain at the same time because they're literally two parts of the same coin. And that came through a, a macrodose journey with the sacred mushroom. And I was just bawling my eyes out, crying, feeling such utter joy and yet also the bittersweet pain of losing this moment too, you know, like you can read about that in a book, but it, I guarantee you it's nothing close to what you're going to experience in your body. If you actually just say yes 
and, you know, decide to walk with these medicines. So yeah, experience has been my biggest catalyst. I could go on about the feelings all day. That That's something you cannot erase is the strong feelings you have in your body, even after it's over. Any experience that I've had that I've taken away, the very first thing I tap in is how did I feel? Where did I feel it in my body? And that allows me to notice, okay, you felt it here, so you may be stressed here, or you may be in need of some healing here. It, it always still, it never goes away. I think it's so brilliant in the way that it secures in every part of your body where you need healing or where it can comfort you. It's like a warm hug. <laughs> A hundred percent. That's, it's like, that's the beauty of it, right? It's, it, they're, they're so smart. They, they just kind of, they know. And I think the more I embark on these journeys, the more trust, just like any other relationship, right? The, the more trust I have in them to just show me what needs to be seen, what needs to be felt, what, you know, needs to be experienced. And yeah, every single journey has been profound in different ways. And I just, I couldn't even predict what the next journey is going to be like. And that's what makes it so exciting too. It's, you're learning how to step into the unknown each time. The death and rebirth, we're constantly preparing for death every day, but it's so beautiful because it's just another chance to be reborn again. Yes. A thousand percent. So Ellen, would you please let the audience know how to find you? You have so much wisdom to share um, and so many opportunities to learn how to heal yourself, not only with the medicine, but the breath work as well. So please let the audience know how we can find you. Sure. Thank you. You can find me on Instagram. I'm pretty active. My uh, account handle is trip with Ellen. And my website is tripwithellen.com. And so either way, DM me. You can also find my email on my website. And it's literally just tripwithellen at gmail.com. So I welcome all questions, all inquiries. I usually, if you reach out, I will hop on the phone and have a conversation with you. I just believe in this work and this medicine so much that... Yeah, I just, it's like, I just want everyone to experience it. I want everybody. And I don't want to say that like psychedelics or entheogenic medicine is for everyone, but I feel like if you are being called, you know, if you're curious, you're being called. So whoever's interested, I'm open to having a discussion around microdosing, macrodosing, breath work, journey work in general, ancestral healing, anything. Thank you so much for being here with me this evening. I think this is all my conversations I've had with people were pretty enlightening, but this one has been by far one of my favorites so far. So thank you so much for being here this evening, for sharing with us. And I hope whoever listens will reach out and if not just follow Trip with Ellen. It is an amazing page that she has curated and is continually pushing. So I am here celebrating you, sitting with you in the medicine and the after effects and, and continuing to do this work. So thank you for being here. And until next time, this has been the Taylor Keeling Collective Podcast. Until next time, let love lead the way. Peace. Thank you so much.
are. You are an alchemist. Leave behind what no longer serves you. Remember, your physical body is only a system of transportation for the soul. Allow yourself to feel and forgive the past to move forward into the future. Connect with the self that wants to take chances to explore and be. Allow this version of you to become rooted in its new environment and surroundings to grow. Become a vibrational match to your desires. Take the hand of your old self and lead them into a new future. Feel yourself at peace, in flow, in tune, and at one with all that there is and all that there will be. The rhythm of the universe. It takes form inside of your soul. It is a vibration so powerful and intricate that it created you. Breathe.